Hi, I'm Jeffrey Downs, a Managing Director at Franklin Covey, and we're back with a new season of Be a Better Leader to help you develop the insights and skills you need to do just that, to be a better leader. Over the next few episodes, we want to explore just how deeply trust, or the lack of it, can affect an organization. Trust changes everything. Trust is often looked at as a soft skill or as a nice-to-have, but it's so much more foundational than that. Trust is today's currency, and everything a leader says and does affects the level of trust on their team. To help us understand just how foundational trust is, we've invited Franklin Covey's Vice President of Content Development and best-selling author, Corey Kogan. Corey, thanks so much for joining me today. Thanks for having me, Jeff. It's always a pleasure to be here, and particularly talking about this topic. Yeah, such a great topic. And, you know, as you and I have gone about in different client interactions, and we've also talked with different consultants, trust is, there's more of a business case for trust than like a hard business case than it is just a soft one. What does that mean? You know, how, what does that look like? So a couple of things about that, Jeff. First of all, you know, I'll say this carefully, I, more and more uh, people, organizations are realizing that trust isn't as soft as they thought it used to be a decade ago. Um, and I'll, I'll tell you why. Uh, the con- contrast, that's a contrast has been my big word around this, because if you think about four or five years ago, and again, I'm going pre-pandemic, uh-huh. um, And if you think about an organization that might have been seen as having low trust and then, you know, the pandemic hit and we went hybrid, we went remote, we did all of those things. Well, that organization, I don't know how they're surviving today, because if team members didn't trust their leaders, if leaders did not trust other leaders, and then they all went to their own homes And then we tried hybrid. And then on top of all of that, to add insults to injury, said, now you have to come back to the office. And that's all built on a foundation of distrust. Wow. There's your business case. And of course, if you reverse that, and we have statistics that show that organizations that have high trust is from from a a very reputable source that we would all know and love. in, uh, again, back, and this, is, this was quoted in 2018, uh, organizations with the highest levels of trust have revenue growth that is 3.6 times more than organizations with the lowest levels of trust. Now, revenue is not everything, right? There's social, emotional, you know, parts of the organization too, psychological safety and all of that. But people have to feel pretty safe and uh, well-trusted in order for an organization to have people work that hard to be able to do that. And if that was the number uh, or the statistic in 2018, and they came through the pandemic and all the changes that have gone on in the world, imagine how they're faring today and what that means for their future. So this is, you can't get much harder edged than that when it comes to realizing that trust, although not easy to see initially until, you know, to the untrained eye, you don't see it. But when you look at some of the contrasts based on the circumstances the world has been in, you realize that trust is everything and it's very hard to do anything without it. Yeah. You know, one of the things that you said is looking in on the organization, you may not be able to see it. And one of, I think, before we really had some of the hard evidence, it was like, 
you just know it. You you feel it. You feel when you're trusted or you feel that. But we actually do have some hard evidence that you can learn how to be a trusting culture. Is that right? Uh, yeah. Yes. Uh, and, you know, Stephen M. R. Covey, who is the world's expert on trust and the author of our work around the speed of trust, you know, starts it all off with this um, definition that really helps make it a learnable skill. And he says that trust is the confidence born of the character and the competence of a person or an organization. And the opposite of confidence is suspicion. And so once you start there and realize, huh, that feeling is really a function of, am I being seen as somebody with high character? And am I being seen as competent? You need those two things for somebody to feel confidence in, in in you. And if one of those is slightly off, it's like, oh, you know, you're a little suspect. Well, uh, character, uh, confidence, I don't know. And so we need both. And that's the beginning yeah. of a big learning and opportunity for these skills that drive a language and a methodology of, a methodology of trust through an organization. Yeah. You know, as you, as you talk about the competency of a leader and also the results that really they get, that is in, in my estimation, as I've worked with leaders that when they're delivering results, that ups the trust level quite significantly, but there's other things that are necessary in order to get those results. In other words, there's other components of trust in order to get there. Is it, am I on course there with that? Well, so you made me smile when you said that because, and I'm sure you know our listeners heard the same heard heard the same thing. Um, lots of leaders get results, and they leave bodies along the way, yes. right? So <laughs> right. we never that's we know what sets great leaders apart, and it's results. It's 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 the you know what they do to get the results. It's their mindset around it, and that all sits on the foundation of the fourth component, which is who they are. So their character. So you can get results and we call this taxes and dividends, by the way, trust taxes and dividends to give it a name, to give it a label so that people in organizations really understand this and understand that you can get results. But when, when you understand that trust is a tangible, thing and a learnable skill, clearly without question, it becomes a performance multiplier. Mm. There's no way around it. And I'll just give you an example. We can Please. teach people to do, you know, as leaders, they should do really great one-on-ones. Okay. All right. I know how to do a one-on-one. -on -one. Imagine, this is why I said the contrast is so important. Imagine spending your money as an LMD professional on having people do learn to do good one-on-ones. Here's the questions you should ask. Don't remember to ask them about, you know, how this is going and make sure you hear from them and you're doing that, but there's a distrust. There's no trust between those two or very low trust. Mm. So what's the use of the one-on-one? -on -one? But if there's a high, a foundation of high trust between those two people, and now we're going to learn how to do a one-on-one. -on -one. Wow, the results are just incalculable. They're exponential. And so it's just more and more we see this for any skill or, or capability that people need to learn. We should make sure that there's trust underneath it because a performance issue, like they don't know how to do good one-on-ones, 
could actually be a trust tax in disguise. So I want to let's let's pause on that for just a second. Explain the trust tax and the trust dividend a little bit further, because it really does help to explain and give insight into why trust is so important. So again, from an economic point of view, because we never want to forget the social emotional aspects of trust as well. So I'll come back to that. When we talk about trust taxes and dividends and you know, trust being a learnable skill, really high and low trust is an economic driver based on speed and cost. Okay. And so you'll notice when there's low trust, things slow down. So, you know, attacks, people are turning over. They don't like their leader. You know, that's the reason why they go. They don't trust them. They leave. The turnover, you don't get the work done. And the cost of replacement is amazing. So you can always look, and it's sort of like once you see it, you can't unsee it. When you see things slowing down and the cost going up, probably it's a trust tax that's causing it. And then you can reverse it. So in the same situation, we build high trust. And so now we are retaining top talent. It's one of the biggest things I hear out there now is we need to retain our top talent because only the top talent can go anywhere they want at the moment, right? And so if we're retaining good retention, and so now, you know, things are speeding up because this talent is giving 100%, if not more of themselves, because they're in a trusting relationship with their leaders and others, and the cost of everything is going down. The efficiencies are increasing. The innovation is increasing. I mean, the dividends beget uh, dividends. So trust is a function of speed and cost. And then let me just touch on the economic, uh, on the emotional side as well. As Stephen yeah. would say, it's energy and joy. Uh, that energy goes up, joy goes out, you know, those kinds of things to a really important component in, in being part of a dividend. Yeah. You know, one of the things that you mentioned, and you and I were talking a little bit about this before the podcast, is about where uh, organizations are doubling down. A lot of organizations are doubling down on their leadership development because, like what you said, top talent can kind of pick their course, where they want to go. And how I, I love how you put, you know, think of the contrast, how quickly you can lose top talent if they're in a non-trusting environment versus the other way around. I mean, that it, it just kind of blows your mind as you start to really think about it, that this can be, trust can be that significant. Well, I, I, I know there's still people and organizations out there that do think, oh, trust, it's, uh, you know, soft and, and squishy. And listen, I'm an ops person, you know, like you. I, I, that's my, you know, I'm, I'm an EVP of ops stuff for many, many years. So I don't think in terms of fluffy things, you know, right. at all. But I do think that anything you think about, you know, effective community, any, any performance issue people are dealing with in building, you know, building leaders, like I said, one-on-ones, I need to delegate better. I need to get my teams through change. Um, I need to be able to give and receive feedback. We need to be able to set vision. I mean, I can think of all of all of all of the things that we that organizations invest their L and D dollars into. Which, listen, we know budgets are tight, but you know, tight, and we're being very careful about 
what we're spending on to train our leaders and individual contributors. And honestly, and you know how candid I am, if you are not examining the tangible levels of trust first, there's some money going down the drain because of what I said. We need communications training because we need to know how to talk to each other or have a difficult conversation. Really? Okay. So we're going to do communications training when we need to first, it might be right, but we should first examine underneath it, is there a trust issue? Because good communication training, you can spend a million dollars on it, you know, and again, imagine low trust or high trust, uh, what that means. So contrasting that and looking at that, it's just really important today. It's just so in your face when you realize what we're trying to do if you're not examining the tangibility of trust as sort of, as Stephen would call it, the hidden variable. Yeah. Okay. So I now believe that trust is something that I need to develop or I need to look at or I need to examine, or let's say as a leader, I recognize that I'm probably not in as trusting of a position as I possibly could be. Where do I start? What is it that I do to get going on developing this skill and really and really using it as uh, as it's intended to to increase the morale, to increase the energy and the joy and those type of things? Well, I mean, the first thing is, you know, obviously we have a whole body of work around around that, right? So, I mean, let's call that what it is. Um, Come on, you could you could you could explain it in thirty seconds, right? I mean, I'm ready. <laughs> right, I, I, and I, I think first, you know. There, we need to have a champion in, inside an organization and leaders need to be open to be really self-reflective. And, you know, it's, it's not just that, but we use a, set, a, a couple of different types of assessments. The first one that really takes a look at my personal credibility. Am, am I credible? Um, and, you know, and, and, and what Stephen says is it's really a combination of credibility and behavior, the two work together. So these assessments really will assess, and it, you know, it's a one one of them is a three hundred and sixty. Am I seen as how do I think about my own credibility? And what Stephen calls the thirteen behaviors of high trust. So how do I think I'm doing with that? And then how do others see me around that? And if I'm willing to do that, that's a great start. Uh, yeah. And then our work around leading at the speed of trust and working at the speed of trust, so that teams can together learn this language and methodology that starts with the definition that I said before, that trust is as confidence born of the character and its uh, and confidence of a person or an organization. And the leader and the team look at, are we being seen as, or am I being seen as a leader with high character and high confidence? And the four cores and the 13 behaviors are the methodology that then support that. So it's a language everybody can speak and measure. Yeah. So one of the things that I heard, you didn't specifically say it, but this will be the the last thing we end on. I'd love your thoughts on this. To start developing a high trust culture takes some courage and, and courage on the leader's part to do something different. Would you agree with that? What would you add to it? Uh, I think, well, and again, I keep quoting Stephen. I mean, he's taught me so much. Uh, around this and just honored that I got to, you know, architect, you know, this, this work that we, that we're doing. Um, Leaders need to go first. Leaders need to be able to extend trust. 
and a very just a, Jeff a very interesting thing that you'll find in the course we you know at the end of each module we have a little hook like you know stay tuned for the next episode because how could you leave now kind of kind of thing and one of them we ask the question we say great now you you've got the skills to be you know a high trust leader but can you have two trustworthy people you know not trust each other and it make it mm. stumps you for a minute there and the answer is yes when they're not willing to extend trust to each other and that might be unintentional but it happens where we we hold it all in and so leaders there's a couple of things who really need to have the courage first as i said before to look into themselves but then have the courage to extend trust to others which can be really hard for people based on their propensity to trust and how they were raised with all of that and you know can and will help with that to make them really good with extending trust and then the other thing that also takes courage there's so much to it is are they willing to restore trust when they've made a mistake or others have made a mistake do they hold grudges do they let it linger do they let it fester and again a lot of this is subconscious stuff that we do and so having the courage to let all of this come out and have these kinds of conversations uh in safe and you know in a safe environment um and then being a leader who is willing to go first to extend trust to others and restore trust with others. Corey, thank you so much. Your time here today has been valuable and those who are going to listen in on this will find what you've said some great not only practical wisdom but insightful and something that they can look further into. If you would like a few more practical strategies to improving trust, Check out our free resource, Seven Ways to Build Trust Between You and Your Team, a toolkit for leaders at all levels. You can find a link to download it in the show notes or visit franklincovey.com for more information and resources. Well, until we talk again, keep smiling. Keep smiling.